0: When you hear the word justice or the term justice, it's actually, I believe personally, uh, from a follower of Jesus Christ, we have uh, distorted it because the world somehow brings their interpretation into it. And uh, my hope is that through this sermon series, you've been, you've been understanding uh, that justice is way beyond what we have defined uh, in our minds. And that when we give God the privilege to enter our space and time in our situations he has the innate ability because he's sovereign to put his finger on the scale.
1: Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church, a place for all nations. To learn more about Commitment, please visit our website www.commitmentchurch.org. Like us on Facebook and download our mobile app. Now let's enjoy today's message.
0: Father, we're so thankful to be able to be in your presence and in our lowest valleys, you're there (laughs) at the highest heights, my God, the promise is that you're there. So Father, I pray now as we just turn to your word that you would just help us to believe this, to get it, to hold on to it, to embrace it, to live it out, my God. So Spirit of God, just please come and have your way now as we, we hear from you, from your word love you. Thank you for your unfailing love towards us. In Jesus' precious name, we're all said, Amen. Amen. You may be seeing it. Thank you, Lord. So I'd like to welcome you to Commitment Church and even those who are watching on Commitment Online. It's a pleasure to just, you know, be here week after week and, and to know when I'm not here uh, communicating the scriptures that there's others who are bringing it, which is pretty cool. So I heard Pastor Ken did a wonderful job last week. So I thank God for Him. So, Amen. Yeah. So we are finishing a series uh, I've entitled for you, "Justice." It's given and sustained by God. Now, when you hear the word justice or the term justice, it's actually, I believe, personally, uh, from a follower of Jesus Christ, we have uh, distorted it because the world somehow brings their interpretation into it. And uh, my hope is that through this sermon series, you've been you've been understanding uh, that. Justice is way beyond what we have defined uh, in our minds and that when we give God the privilege to enter our space and time in our situations, he has the innate ability because he's sovereign to put his finger on the scale. All right. He has this. But when we try to put our finger on the scale, right, because of our sin nature, because of our inability to be God, right, even though we may try to be. Uh, we will always cause the scales to be tipped in the wrong direction and most likely always tipped in our favor, right? Uh, which is not in the favor of others. And understand that as well is that if we want to be followers of Jesus Christ and emulate his character, he came for others. Gloria a Dios. He came for others, all right? So that's the character of Jesus Christ in essence is that he came, he denied his deity. If you would to come down to human flesh to die on a cross for you and me, so when you look at that contextually, that is our responsibility as well. So that being said, uh, as we've been examining uh, justice, um, uh, many times it's very get very easy to get confused when you hear the word because our, our when we hear the word we we extract extrapolate it based upon what we know, what we feel, what we've experienced, and even what we have. Uh, desire to have even in our lives. So as we bring it home uh, today, my hope is that uh, God will just put a seal of approval in your heart to know that he is a just God. He is a just God, and he is for all people all the time. Amen? So if you can open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to read through our primary text, which, which will be verses 9 through 20, and then we'll go back uh, to this, and answer the question. Our final question is: Is this who are the diligent? Because God is, He will. We will. He will always uh, give His justice, if you would, or He will always be just to those who are diligent. And we're going to discover what God means by that in His Word. So, who are the diligent? Beginning with again, First Peter chapter two, verses nine through twenty. It says this: But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellence, uh, excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, verse 11, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. So if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we're just passing through. We're but aliens and sojourners and strangers on this planet. Okay? Uh, Not the opposite. (laughs) Not to go there, but verse 12. uh, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Verse 17. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, or you can say employees in our context. Be submissive to your employer or those who are in authority over you. It says, with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are, guess what, unreasonable. For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience towards God, A person bears up unto sorrow when suffering unjustly. (laughs) Lastly, in verse 20, it says this. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Who are the diligence? here you find in verses 9 through 12, the first uh, answer to the question, they are the people of God. They are the people of God. Now, please understand is that there was a time you and I weren't the diligent. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there was a time that you were not the diligent. But because you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he has given you the impartation of his Holy Spirit. He has given you the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's given you love, joy, peace, long suffering, temperance, self control. He's given you faith. He's given you all the tools if you read. Matter of fact, the scripture goes on to say that He has given us everything according to righteousness and good deeds. Right? So He has given us every single thing we need to be diligent. So if we're not diligent, it is not God's fault that we're not diligent. Right? So we have to embrace this reality that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he is now taking you from a people who were not and now for a people who are. And because you are a chosen race, a a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart for what? Good works unto God. So he has set you apart to be different, to be a men and women who are diligent in the things of God and, and actually in operating in the love of Christ as well. All right. So a key word here we find is possession. It means this, one's own property. Purchased through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Very important to understand and underscores because when we, when we look at justice, we have to understand that if, if we want things to be just for us, we must understand, first of all, that we don't belong to ourselves. That we're his own possession. And if we're his possession, guess what he's going to do? Like anyone who possesses something... If you love it, you appreciate it, you're going to do what? Take care of it. There's no need to defend myself if I, what? Belong to him. There's no need to fight my own battles if I don't even belong to myself. Thus, the problem becomes this, as followers of Jesus Christ, I try to take ownership of my life, right? Then I lose diligence. Then I choose not to love as he loves, I choose not to have joy as, he, as he's given me. I choose not to have peace as he's given me. I, ch- I choose not to have self-control as he's given me through what? The Holy Spirit. Because I'm bought with the price of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So God is giving this diligence uh, to us. Therefore, uh, we are and therefore uh, we are the people of God, therefore we're diligent. Then Psalm 28, verse 8 says it this way: the Lord is their strength. And he is a saving defense to his anointed. Psalm 3.8 says this, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people, Selah. Salah means a pause, take a deep breath, believe it or not. Take a deep breath, pause to know that what? You are his people. Then lastly, in Psalm 32, verse 12, it says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. So here we find more and more throughout the Psalms is that when you are a people of God, he does what? He governs you, and he also does what? Take care of you. Amen. To become the diligent, you and I must first belong to God. Yes. Amen. So if you don't belong to God, my challenge to you today is put your faith and trust in him. Surrender to him and him alone. Acknowledge that you're a sinner, as Pastor Jose uh, pointed out today. Acknowledge you're a sinner, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, relinquish control, allow him to become your Lord and Savior. Now, here's a second answer to that question, or that statement, is this, is that if you want to become the diligent, if you want to become the people of God, or if you already are a people of God, let him lord over you. Let him rule your life. Let him govern every area of your life not only those things that concern you not only those things that are out of your control even those things you can do without thinking even those things you do without even acknowledging him he wants to Lord over every area of your life period who are the diligent They are people of God but then also who are the diligent you find in verses 13 to 15 this is a tough one. They respect all people. Look at verse 13 through 15 again. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to some institutions, to every, guess what it says, human institution. To every human institution. And now this is, this is where it begins to be tough is because as followers of Jesus Christ, We think that, okay, well, you know, I'm not of this world, so I don't have to submit myself to a human institution, but we're going to learn more about this. It says, whether to a king as to one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may do what? Silence the ignorance of the foolish men. Super important is because so many times we try to silence the naysayers, right? We try to silence the people that says, "Oh, that Christianity stuff, oh, you know that religious stuff, I don't need that." But if we become people, listen to this, that become respectful to all people, but especially those of people appointed by God over you, why is this so important? Listen, the word submit means this to submit to one's control, to arrange under, to yield one's advice, to yield to one's advice, or simply to obey. When we submit to those who place who are placed over us, we are submitting to who? God. When we resist the people that God places over us, guess what we would do? We do. We resist God. And this is the challenge. The challenge is is that, God, we want you to move justly for me on my job. I want you to move justly for me in the United States of America. I want you to move justly for me in my community. Well, you know, the political leaders aren't doing this. They're not doing that. You know, the president this, president that. Can I break some, some, some serious news to you? Your vote, even though go vote. I'm not saying don't vote, but here's the deal. If that person is there in position, God has assigned them. Go vote. Do whatever you need to do. People have died for voting privileges. But at the end of the day, no. when that person's in the office, God didn't change his mind. When you get a new boss that treats you unjustly, guess what? God still didn't change his mind. You see, because this is what we do as Christians. We have pray for a job, pray for a job. Oh, Jesus, oh, and we have people interceding for us. God, I need a job. I need a job. We get the job, then the employer changes. Then you get a new boss. Then now God made a mistake. No, it did not happen that way. You know, when you get a new teacher, you go to a new class, and it's like, oh, I don't like this school anymore. Why? Because it's the teacher. No, it's not the teacher. God has assigned that teacher over you. There's no mistake in whom is over you because it is God who has placed that person over you, and it is our responsibility is to submit to their control because they're in control, I hate to tell you. If a person is not telling you to sin against God, submit But I tell you this some of the the waiting and the desire for God to put his finger on the scale is delayed because we choose not to submit to those he's placed in authority over us. We have conversations around the coffee pot at work. Talking about people whom God assigned over us, then we expect God to intervene in that person's heart to bless me. Doesn't work that way. Just doesn't work that way. Listen, how do I know? The word will means this what one wishes or has determined shall be done. The purpose of God, listen to what it is to bless mankind through Christ, what God wishes to be done by us. In other words, when we submit the very will of God begins to be released in our lives. What he desires for it to happen through the finished work of Jesus Christ is now, if you were released unto you when you and I choose to submit to the people that he's placed over us. And we become conflicted because we want God to be just in the moment, but he's waiting for us to submit first to the person and the people he's placed over us. And then listen to this, the word silence means to make speechless. And, And I'm of the thought that this should be happening with Christians in their everyday lives. As we choose to respect those people, no matter who they are over us, God begins to do great things that are waiting to be done for us then it makes those around us speechless. It causes people to be in awe of God. And, And I'm sure if you take a quick survey of Christians around your life, and even maybe a survey of your own heart, how many people around you are speechless over God? How many family members are we praying for? right, and asking God to move their heart, shift their heart, basically that they will stand in awe of God, mouth hanging open as it relates to what God is doing in your life. But you know where it begins and it ends. It begins when we choose to respect all people he's appointed over us because God uses people to promote us. And we have to begin to understand that no, that person doesn't write my check. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. It belongs to God. Matter of fact, their finances are in God's bank account. They really don't own their company. They don't own the institution. They don't own the, the, the college. They don't own any of that. They don't own the high school. God owns it all. Everything is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. God is sovereign. He is sovereign. He's in full control. Yes. He says that he turns the heart of man, whatever the king's heart, and whatever he wishes. That's what he says. Yes. He says promotion comes neither from the east nor the west, but the very hand of God. Yes. So man doesn't promote, God uses man to promote. Yes. Look at the scriptures, very clear. Romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 7 echoes why this is so important to get and I have to pause here just to get this hopefully deep down inside Romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 7 says this to to drill down this passage in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 13 through 15 it says every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities every person Every person. For there is no authority except from whom? Can we say God out loud so we can make sure we get it? (laughs) Uh, Except from whom? And those which exist are established by whom? I didn't write it. It's not a misprint. (laughs) I mean, even though sometimes it feels like you're mistaken God, you mean that person? Therefore, in other words, therefore, all these things I read in verse 1, therefore, this is how you should respond: whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of who? God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Why is it so hard to go to work every day because you're resisting God? Well, why, why does, you know, all the opportunity, you know, pass by me? Why, why I don't get the opportunity? Because you know why? You resist God. Because everything I just said previously, you're just really asking God to move justly for you. You're asking God, can you balance the scales? It's not fair. It's not right. Can you intervene and balance the scales? But we must first be willing to submit to those who are in authority over us. And I want to echo again, if they are not telling you to sin against God, you have a biblical responsibility to submit to their authority. Verse three, for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for what? Evil. Do what you want to have excuse me do you want to have no fear of authority uh, do what is good and you would have praise from the same you're not doing bad you're doing good then you'll be what praised for it is the for it is a what minister of who you mean to tell me that boss that I cannot stand is a minister of God You mean that person who has authority over me and is treating me unjustly is a minister of God? Yes, because you know why? God has created everything righteous and unrighteous for his glory. Do you realize Satan is but a pawn in the master's hand? Because God still causes all things to work together for our good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it, it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices what evil. So if you have an evil conversation, guess what's going to happen? If you're rejecting leadership, guess what's going to happen? It backfires. It says, therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for what? Conscious sake. So you can just be at peace with God and also with man. For because of this, you also pay taxes. I'm sorry that that's in there too, but we pay taxes for rulers or servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing, render to all what is due to them, tax to whom tax is due, custom who custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. God uses the IRS. <laughs> it do not matter how much we don't want to give the IRS that 20 whatever percent you give them. At the end of the day, he uses the IRS. And we even have to submit that there. You get it? At the end of the day, the diligent must learn to respect all people. Why? It's because they are appointed by the very hand of God. They're appointed by the hand of God. But then also, number three, who are the diligent? They use their freedom only to promote God. One of the difficult things about uh, the freedom in Christ? Because, you know, it's by grace you've been saved, not by works, lest any man should boast. We can kind of get a little creative with that. Especially when we get a little head knowledge in our faith, we begin to learn the Bible, learn the scriptures, and then we get real creative and we start pulling grace rabbits out of our hats. You know, and it'd be like, oh, let me play the grace card. And it'd be like, oh, it's the grace of God. And I can, you know, but then the scripture says, no. (laughs) Our challenge is to become people who realize, no, 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 we cannot turn our grace, use grace for the permission and license for sin. We can't. This word freedom means this liberty to do or admit things having no relationship to uh, salvation. So in other words, we we think this Christian liberty, uh, you know, affords us to kind of do what we want, when we want, and how we want to do it. And unfortunately, it begins to uh, demote the name of God. But our responsibility is whatever freedoms he's given us, that it must add up to promoting the name of God that whatever I do does it lead up to glorifying him listen to what bond slaves mean one who gives himself up to another's will let your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven right not my will but your will be done right I mean, there's over and over scriptures talk about, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added into it. At the end of the day, one's will must become all consumed by the will of God. That what I will is what he wills. What he wills is what I will. And then why wouldn't God put his finger on a scale for us? If my ultimate plan when I grow up is to glorify him and promote his name why wouldn't he make room for me if if he knows when I get there it's going to always be about him Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says it this way for you were called to freedom brethren but only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love Through love, not sore gain, not to get my way, not to self-promote, but it says through love, do what? Serve one another. Romans 6.22 says it this way. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit. Guess what it is? resulted in sanctification and then also what and the outcome is eternal life in other words at the end of the day the only reason why i want you to intervene god is that i want to be sanctified set apart for you that's the only reason why i want you to intervene in a situation not to get my way right god i want you to intervene in my relationship with my husband just so i can get my way how does that even sound God, can you change my wife's heart so I can get my way? God, can you move in my children's life? You know, they they don't call me. They just they don't they don't respect me anymore. Why? So you can feel good? Or so he can be glorified. Well, God, you know, school and and and, and you know, um, uh, you know, my my if, advanced career, uh, you know, advancing my career and everything. And it's like stressing me. Oh, God, I'm, I'm working and I'm going to school and everything is just all on me. God, can you take this off of me? Why? So you just feel good? Or to make his name known. But that's typically how we pray. It's typically how we pray. God, can you can you just... Change this situation so I can feel better. No, the beautiful thing about God is that if you pursue him and his glory and his fame, he always takes care of you. That's the beauty of our relationship with Christ, man, is that when we go hard after him and it becomes all about him, he doesn't forget about you. He doesn't forget about your family. He doesn't forget about your, your, your even your desires, that are silent in your heart. He doesn't forget about that. But if your desires and your family and your goals and your aspirations are your drive and what keeps you up at night and gets you up in the morning, you're going to wonder where God's justice is for a very long time. Because God is bigger than that. He's way bigger than that. The diligent understands that their sanctification and service ultimately is to make God know. Rescue me so you can rescue others. That's what it's all about. Pull me out of the fire so others don't have to go into the fire. That's what it's about. When we begin to be a people that understands that, you know what, God? I see that my pain I see that my frustration, I see that this boss that I don't like, I see that this marital issue that I'm in, this this lonely single state that I'm in, God, this this state of mind, of emotion that I'm in right now, God, that you know what? At the end of the day, I know what's going to happen is that I'm in it. So someone else can be delivered from it. who are the diligent people of God. They respect all people appointed over them. They're all about promoting God. Verse 17, they also understand that it's about honoring all people. You see, the word honor, verse 17, means, means this, to estimate or fix the value as belonging to oneself. So what it's saying to you and I is this, that everybody in my life, they're as just as valuable that I am. Matter of fact, there are times that God will say, place a higher value on that person than you. You see, because Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says this, Do nothing from selfish or empty but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourself. It says, Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So there will be times that God will simply say, You know what? Today, that person is more valuable than yourself. Two ways that that normally manifests itself. Time and treasures are two of the most difficult things. What do you mean I got to get up early for you? Well, What do you mean I got to take food off my table so things could be better for you? You mean to tell me I have to cancel my vacation so that you can just have a peaceful life that's Jesus he thought not of himself so that we can have life so there will always become a time in our lives that God will say yes always honor all people that no one should ever be thought of less than you can you imagine if everybody got that but then when I tell you and I may sneak up on you <laughs> And I may say to you that, you know what? You may be thinking all about you right now. Now it's time to shift it for other people. They must become more important than yourselves. And can you imagine if the church got that simultaneously? That there would not be a need at all in a church. Finally, verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, Servants, be submissive to your own masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. The diligent learn how to respect the unreasonable. This one, unreasonable, has two definitions. Wicked, perverted, unfair. Now, I would tell you by a show of hands who knows somebody wicked, who's, who knows somebody perverted, and who's some, who knows someone who's unfair. Because I believe throughout life, you live long enough, you're going to meet one of those three people. The human nature is to shrink back. The human nature is like, nah, I'm not going to respect you. But what I've learned, clearly learned, and the scriptures teach is that God will always put somebody in your life who is wicked, who is perverted, who is unfair. You know one of the greatest stories that comes to mind? Joseph encountered all three. Perverted wife, sent him to prison unfairly. Right? One of his jail buddies said, hey, yeah, when I get in front of the king, I'll make sure I tell him about you. What did he do? Forgot him. That's unfair. What do you mean, God, I gotta stay in prison longer? Because that dude who promised me that he would tell the king, I got to stand here another four years? Yeah, but that's unfair, right? But what is the end of the story? What's the end of the narrative? At the end of the day, God exalted Joseph. And the same is true with us. There will always be people who will be absolutely wicked, perverse, and unfair. How do you respond to them? It's how much room you give God to show his just hand you see the diligent understands clearly that even respect to the unreasonable and the unfair uh, is commanded of them by God who are the diligent people that are people of God because greater is he that is in us than he is in the world he has given us the power through his holy spirit to be diligent people it's no excuse, church, no excuse. But then from that, again, we learn that it's a, it's a people who is strengthened to the power of the Holy Spirit to do what? Respect, respect all people. When we respect all people, we then are, are, are we use that freedom, if you would, because we have a freedom and choice to do it or not, right? But it then begins to do what? Promote God. It promotes God. When you promote God, you cannot promote God without honoring people and respecting unreasonable people. You can't do it. It's impossible. But let me end with this. 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to go back to verse 18 to end with verse 20 and, and give you our clo- my closing thoughts. It says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respects, not only to those who are good and gentle but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience towards God a person bears up under sorrow when suffering unjustly, for what credit is there if When you sin and are harshly treated, you endure with with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, guess what this does? This finds favor with God. You see, so many times, everyone, we, we want God to intervene with his favor. God, bless me. Again, that's the essence of justice. God, give me favor. Tip the scales to me towards me, right? God, can you come in and intervene and can you deal with that person so it tips towards me? Favor, that's all we're asking for, God. God, give me favor, give me favor. But you cannot have favor with God as a follower of Jesus Christ without suffering. There's nothing in the scriptures that give any nuance to the body of Christ, any hope to the body of Christ that you do not have to go through a Joseph-like experience before he then comes in and intervenes as a, as a knight on you know, shining armor on a white horse. He would, cannot and he will not do anything other than that. He just doesn't do it that way. There's something maybe that he's trying to drive out of our hearts and purge our hearts from to ultimately receive God's very best for us. But it's required of us to ultimately embrace that, you know if we want this favor of God, which means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, the kindness of God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turning them to Christ. Do you hear that? You see, the beautiful thing that I'm learning more about our, my relationship with God through Christ is this: as I, as I become diligent in Him, And become steadfast in him and endure under harsh treatment, unfair treatment, unjust treatment. He begins to intervene and begins to tip that scale so that I then find joy, pleasure, delight, and also experience the kindness of God. Guess what? Ultimately doing what? His holy influence upon souls that's what it's about church it's never just about me that god do it for me do it for me do it for me right you know god can you bless me bless me bless me bless me and forget the souls but then it gets better because the definition of finds favor goes on to not only turning them to christ but it says keeping them strengthened and increasing them in their Christian faith. So you have two types of people of of impact and influence when we get this right. Is that we'll be able to turn souls to Christ and those souls who are already His that they will increase and be strengthened in their faith. And some of you have already experienced that. That some person around you has, has chosen to be diligent in their faith diligent in her faith in spite of the opposition and God has supernaturally led you to Christ but then also as a follower of Jesus Christ has kept you encouraged and strengthened that's all of our responsibility let me end with this there's a supreme court judge who once informed a man who had escaped conviction on a technicality. He said this to him. I know that you're guilty, and you know it. <laughs> and I wish you to remember that one day you will stand before a better and wiser judge. And there you will be dealt with according to justice and not according to law. So legend has it is that this guy who escaped on, escaped on the technicality one day found himself in Belgium, and he was robbing someone's house and he runs out the back door, leaps over a nine-foot wall and then lands on the other side of the wall, find out that he he lands inside of the city prison. (laughs) Right? God is just. Sometimes it's so difficult to left People off the hook. Right? Let me let them get away with it. No, listen, God is sovereign. Nobody ever gets away with it, either here or there. But Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 20 is a great passage to end with. It says, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men if possible it says because god knows there's some impossible people <laughs> It says, if possible so far as it depends on you not on the person but who you me in other words you can control you i can control myself i probably can't control you right but i can control me so so far as it depends on you it says live at peace with all men For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Lastly, verse 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what it's all about, church, is giving God room to be God back off and let God do what God does best. Amen? He's the one who can change a man or woman's heart. He's the one who can change a president's heart. He's the one who can change influencer's heart. You know, he, it's not our job to change hearts. It's our job to make sure our heart is changed so that he can be made known to those who need change of hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Some failing, it's uh, immeasurable. We thank you. We thank you. We're so thankful that you're just. (laughs) Oh, God, because we're on the inside, God, we're so wicked. We're so selfish. God, honestly... Um, there will probably be nobody on the planet but us, meaning the one person. Because, God, if we could be just, we would get rid of everybody but ourselves. But, Lord, we know that you're faithful. Speak to our hearts now in those areas that we need to adjust. Could you stand on your feet right now, and and could you also do this? Can you connect with somebody to the left, right, front, or back of you, um, and to and to pray? Just get little huddles, if you would, wherever you are, and just pray what you've learned today. Pray for yourself if you need to repent and ask God to forgive you. If you if you need to, if you feel comfortable praying out loud for someone, pray. If you don't, it's okay. Just pray silently. But let's just use this time of not talking to each other, but talking to God. And maybe God needs to uh, remind you, or maybe there's something that you need to respond to God right now concerning what we have learned in this series. Can you deal with it and address it right now?
1: Thank you for listening to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org forward slash start. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you would like to support God's word through this ministry, please visit our website at www.commitmentchurch.org. Lastly, if you or your family are in the South Jersey or Philly metro area, please visit us at Commitment Community Church.